0: Hello ninjas and ninjas, and welcome to another episode of the Explosion Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, head ninja at Explosion Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. There is one social network out there that strikes fear into the hearts of many pay-per-click experts. It's a network where you might spend between 6 to even $12 per click generating leads. The audiences can sometimes be relatively small and the click-through rates can sometimes be very low. This is some serious stuff. To be able to operate profitably in a situation like this takes some serious, serious marketing skill. I'm of course talking about LinkedIn ads. In this episode, I'm joined by AJ Wilcox. He's a bit of a LinkedIn ad beast. He's gonna be talking us through some B2B lead generation and uh, explaining how the LinkedIn ad platform works and giving you some tips on how you can make this work for you and make it profitable if this is a market that you need to play in. He's going to take us also behind the scenes on some of the campaigns that he's run to explain what makes them so successful so that if you're running some LinkedIn ads, you can learn from his experience. And we'll also talk about LinkedIn visibility algorithm and different LinkedIn ad types that are available. Of course, as always, if you enjoy this episode or any of the others, then please do head over to iTunes, Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. It really, really helps. Much appreciated. Anyway, enjoy the show. So AJ, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. I'm super excited to be here. I'm a fan. Sweet. So you are known for your skill with LinkedIn ads, which I've got to confess, I've never managed to run profitably. And I don't think anyone at Explosion Engine has managed to run LinkedIn ads profitably. So I'm really, really excited about this episode to learn some new stuff. I can definitely help you out there. Awesome. So, firstly, I mean, how did you even get started with LinkedIn ads? Most people choose uh, one of the more mainstream ad platforms. So, what what made you choose uh, what made you choose LinkedIn ads when you were starting B two linked?
1: You know, it was a really interesting turn of events. Actually, uh, I I was known as an SEO guy about ten years ago when I started, and really loved SEO for about six years, and. You know, part of learning AdWords and, and learning Facebook ads and learning all the other channels uh, was so that I could be in leadership positions, in in management positions. And I got recruited into a, a leadership management position at a local uh, technology company here in Utah where I live. And I remember going in to talk to the CMO on my first day and I laid out my my execution plan. You know, here's what I'm gonna do with SEO, here's what I'm gonna do with display, with search, with all these. And I remember her saying, okay, all that sounds great, but just so you know, we just started a pilot using LinkedIn ads, see what you can do with it. And to her, I saluted and said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. And then I left her office and started laughing because I, I felt like I was a veteran in the industry and I'd literally never even heard of LinkedIn ads. I didn't even know the platform existed. So really just to keep egg off my face, I went and jumped into the platform, started trying to figure things out, got a rep, started spending some money, making some mistakes and uh, within about two weeks, one of the sales guys came to me and said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing, but we love your leads. Keep it up. Wow! And I went and looked at Salesforce. All of the leads that this guy was dispositioning were all sourced from LinkedIn ads. And I was running other channels at the time. And so that was my clue that maybe there was something more to this channel. And maybe I should focus a little bit more.
0: That is awesome. Okay. So do you mind telling us like what this, what this business was, what the market sector was and, and what sort of ads you're running? Yeah, it was a SaaS software company. I probably don't want to go in too much just because of uh, non-disclosure, non-competence, yeah, yeah.
1: um, <laughs> because I'm no longer part of that company. Just broad but, stuff, um,
0: big picture stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like business management type of software. Okay. And and what was the what was the call to action that you were using in these ads? You know, I wouldn't recommend this call to action, but quite honestly, the entire time I was running the call to action was hop on the phone with a sales rep to get a demo. And that's like the highest friction type of offer I think you can offer in social, but we made
0: it work at the time. Okay. So what do you attribute the success to? Is it the amazing targeting that you're able to get in LinkedIn by targeting particular businesses or like, how did this work? It sounds on the surface like something that wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. So what I... My reasoning for it is, you
1: know, early on at this company, what I did is I sent a whole glut of, of AdWords leads to the sales team and they, they came to me for feedback and they, I've had the same type of conversation with lots of different sales teams and they always say two things. Number one, they'll say, thanks, these leads are hot because obviously in search there's intent behind everything and they always follow up with a, but, but is there any way we can qualify these guys a little bit more? Because we're talking to the CEOs, of course, but we're also talking to the proverbial janitor and everyone in between. Is there a way that we can focus and maybe only get directors or VPs or or C-level people? And that's actually really easy with social, as I'm sure, sure you understand. So, yeah. I, Absolutely. I mean, every single lead when it comes from someone of the C-suite or it comes from exactly the type of company size that you deal with and, and no more, no less. The sales teams absolutely love that and they're willing to work my leads.
0: That is awesome. OK, cool. So that's a clear advantage of, of LinkedIn ads that you can't get in, in uh, normal AdWords. Um, when you're talking to people about LinkedIn ads, what sort of businesses are you recommending test this? Because I'm guessing that it's not right for quite a large proportion of companies. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So just for the listeners who may not know, the average click-through
1: rate on LinkedIn ads is somewhere between about $6 and $8 per click. And you know, I run a lot of Facebook and Twitter ads as well just to be sharp and social. And the equivalent clicks in Facebook are usually like $0.80 cents to $1.50 in, in my experience. So we're talking about five to eight times more money for what seems like the same click. So just because of the the unit economics there, you need a higher deal size to make it work. So I don't recommend that anyone tries out LinkedIn unless, you know, first of all, you are B2B because that's really all the targeting serves. And second of all, you have a deal size or a lifetime value that's over about 15K. And I think you kind of, because it's social, you kind of have to have an interesting product. If you're selling insurance or real estate or, you know, one of those commodities, it's going to be really hard to get any kind of click through rate.
0: Perfect. So interesting product or something that kind of stands out on that page, because I'm guessing if you imagine just looking at a LinkedIn page and there's a little ad about insurance, you're not going to be like, oh, sweet. I wonder what this is all about. So <laughs> something that's interesting and eye-catching and good average order value or lifetime customer value. Perfect. And when you're working with a business that you're, you're doing some ads for, how do you help them come up with a compelling offer? Like how do you come up with a call to action? What's the process you go through and what works best on LinkedIn? So I give them two pieces of guidance. I'll say, go after,
1: I usually like to start people with two different pieces of content because if one doesn't work very well, we want to very quickly transition to the second one and not lose any any uh, you know time there. Yeah. So the first one I'll say is, give us something that solves a really big pain point for your audience. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's, there's something that just in their industry is is cutting into everyone and everyone's scrambling to try to figure it out if you can release something that solves that pain point uh, or at least discusses how to you know get uh, get relief from that then that's a great way to go and then i think the other one is publish something that I, uh, the best example I can think of is for marketing. Here, about probably two years ago, everyone was using the term programmatic advertising, and no one knew what it meant. And so, I had a client who had a lot of success when they published something about what is programmatic, how do you use it, and everyone was interested in it because everyone had heard this term, and it seemed like everyone else knew what it was, but they were interested in signing up to grab the the white paper just to find out what it was and have someone educate them in a simple way. So, something that's educating is kind of the other direction. I'd go okay. and in in terms of what kind of content, I, I think the topic is really what's important. I don't think people care whether it's a checklist or a or a white paper. Uh, webinars are a little bit higher friction just because they take so much time. But eBooks, guides, webinars, white papers, like all that kind of stuff works really well.
0: That's interesting you talk about webinars because we've noticed our own click through rate go down for webinar pitches. I think it's just becoming such a common thing now isn't it you're expected to sit through an hour long webinar and it's you know it's going to be a sales pitch at the end so the perceived value maybe isn't as high as it was a year or two years ago
1: That's exactly right but i have lots of clients who still run them simply because they are you know the lead is worth more once someone has listened to you for an hour they'd know like and trust you by that point and the conversion value is going to be much higher and much more likely
0: That is an excellent point so Okay, the the person has identified a some kind of valuable lead magnet, whether it's a white paper or a guide or a checklist or something which takes the audience closer to their goals or removes a pain point. You're driving people through to a landing page. Any tips for the landing pages? It's standard stuff. So nice, clear headline, big fat call to action, loads of benefits and credibility devices like testimonials. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. All of the above. The only thing that I would recommend is testing. I've had some landing pages where we've tested and found out that uh, longer copy works better and then others where shorter copy works better. So if I were to give you one CRO test to do on your landing pages for social, it would be test length, maybe like a short one with some bullets that says, here's what you're going to get out of this white paper or a long one that goes in and says like, here's the table of contents and uh, here's what you're going to learn and goes into a little bit more detail.
0: Okay. And what about mobile and desktop balance of of the traffic that you're getting from LinkedIn? Do you find it skews heavy on mobile or desktop? What's the the deal there?
1: Yeah. So here's the deal with social. All of us use mobile more often for social and LinkedIn is not immune to that. Um, I think it's something like 85 or 90% of all Facebook ads traffic comes from mobile. On LinkedIn, it's a little bit better. We're skewed like 65, 70% mobile uh, right. if you're using sponsored content. There is an ad unit called Text Ads that works. I mean, it just doesn't have high click through rates, but it's only shown on desktop. So if you need desktop traffic, that would be a great one to leverage.
0: Okay, cool. Let's talk about the different ad types because I think think that's interesting. There are are a few different types out there and there's like the sponsored messages that you send over to someone. There's text ads as well. Maybe you could just talk us through the different options that we have available.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll take you chronologically. So we have 2008 is when LinkedIn's platform came out and they came out with text ads and these were the ones that are in the right rail. So if you open up linkedin.com, probably about 65% of the time, over on the right side, you'll see three ads stacked on top of each other with little tiny images. Those are called text ads. Those are the ones that show only on desktop. So if you have a landing page experience that's bad for mobile, probably use those. They get really low click-through rates. Like we're talking, if you get three people to click out of every 10,000 who see it, you're doing great. That's probably a good one to consider if if landing page conversion is an issue, but otherwise, uh, I, that's probably not where I would start. Then in 2013, they came out with sponsored content, which are very much like Facebook promoted posts. They come right in your newsfeed. Uh, if, you, if you're if you on linkedin.com, the second item in your newsfeed list should say sponsored on it. If not, maybe it's the first or the third. But uh, that's generally where I recommend everyone start. They have a much higher click-through rate. It's not uncommon for me to be able to get them to around 1%. Click-through rates, but LinkedIn claims their average is somewhere around a 0.35. So about a third of that. And then here about six months ago, we we just got access to sponsored in mail, which are those those messages that you were mentioning. And uh, those are interesting because they're they're not charged like the other ones. The other two that I just mentioned are all either cost per click or cost per impression. These ones are cost per recipient. So If your message feels like a mass mail, they're going to be really expensive and no one's going to respond to you. But if it feels intensely personal, like you use their name and there's a variable for that, you have like a really good use case, a good reason to actually reach out to someone from the person who actually is doing the reaching out, you're going to get a really, really good response rate, really low cost per click, really low cost per conversion. Um, So we now have access to all three if you just go run a self-service account.
0: Interesting. So since sponsored email, email came out, I first noticed because I all of a sudden started getting loads of messages from recruitment companies asking me if I needed any stuff. What are the tips that you can give people to actually make sure these messages go through? Because when I get the stuff about recruitment, it's just gone. I just don't even bother reading it.
1: Yeah, well, actually, something really cool about this ad unit, I don't know whether this is cool or, or bad, depending on what side of the the fence you're on, but, um, they have a frequency cap of one every two months. So that means that once you get targeted for one of these as an ad, you're not going to see another one for two months. Um, oh. so probably what you're seeing is you probably have gotten one of these sponsored in mail, but you're probably getting reached out to by recruiters specifically who have premium accounts on LinkedIn and can send you messages even though you're not connected.
0: Oh. Um, so the from fastest. an ad's
1: perspective, yeah, exactly. <laughs> from an ad's perspective, I think it's a really strong idea just to make it intensely per- personal. Like when a client's asking me like, hey, who should be the one sending this sponsored email?" I'm like, well, don't make it the CEO. No one is going to believe that the CEO is personally reaching out to them. Like they just don't have time. But maybe someone in like customer success or, you know, if you have sales in your title, that's like, it's yeah. kind of hard. <laughs> but something like customer success would work really well, I think. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's cool. Let's talk about the sponsor content. Because one of the things I've noticed on LinkedIn, which I think is probably happening more than in any other platform is you get these ridiculous, super viral posts. I don't know if you've seen them. like I'll I'll open my LinkedIn and it'll be someone who's not even in my circles, maybe not even second contact, but just got huge volume of likes and comments for a post which is you know, it's about some nice story or something, and everyone's piling in and, and and kind of jumping on that. So there's clearly some kind of visibility algorithm on LinkedIn which really boosts this stuff. Is there anything that we need to do when we're writing sponsor content pieces to tap into that, or is it just a sponsor content pieces, you know, just like a regular post? We're not really trying to get any viral movement on it. Yeah, this
1: is really cool that you mentioned this. So LinkedIn is the only social network that I know of where any sort of social action that someone takes, it then rebroadcasts that social action to all of their network. And so you do have this super virality effect that, that can occur. So for instance, um, a little while back, I saw one of my connections connections wrote something about, it was one of those quizzes that you see on Facebook that's like, hey, here's the math problem that 9 out of 10 MIT students can't solve, can you? And <laughs> like, the first person commented and said, this is not for LinkedIn, like, please take this to Facebook. And what happened is uh, that <laughs> was then broadcast to their entire network. And so their entire network got super pissed off because they were like, yeah, this is totally not for LinkedIn. So they would jump in and comment and before you know it, you have this really stupid post that has a thousand plus comments and has gone the world over several times and it was just never intended. So uh, if you go the other side of that, like intending for really good virality, I think those those business stories work really well. Everyone loves like a feel good story, but also ask for feedback, ask for uh, engagement, when you write your post, say, you know, this is what we've experienced in, in our SEO campaigns. Uh, has anyone else experienced something similar? And then when someone comments, that's going to go out to their network and, and it's not reliable. It's just like, if that engagement rate gets higher than about 3%, I'd say, then LinkedIn goes, Ooh, this one's on fire. And then they show it to people more.
0: That's really interesting. I love that as an angle. So asking for feedback, I guess it's important to to make sure that people would feel like they know and like it has to be ready for the general populi- population, right? It's not going to be like, have you got any feedback on my keyword research document? It's going to be, have you got any feedback on my new website? Like, which of these do you guys prefer or something like that, where everyone feels like they're qualified to answer to get maximum engagement?
1: Yeah. And then use imagery that contrasts. We know that LinkedIn's color scheme is all about like the the light blues and whites and grays. So go to the opposite side of the color palette. Use lots of reds and oranges, um, greens. Those work really well. And so if you have like screenshots of your website that you can show, hopefully your your brand colors have some kind of contrast there that you can show. I, I think I've seen a lot of feedback around those.
0: That's awesome, and what about posting different types of content like we see on Facebook that posts with video that's actually uploaded directly to to Facebook it tends to get much much more engagement than say posting a link. Are you seeing the same sort of algorithmic bias in LinkedIn? Oh, you found my hot button so I absolutely <laughs> love
1: love 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 video right now and the truth is that LinkedIn is not prepared for video they don't have native video and it's not worked into their ads yet so to give you some background, when I run a Facebook campaign, I've done a test where I'll do link clicks and exactly the same message versus a video views. and. My hypothesis was if I'm showing a video first, I'm essentially adding an extra step to, uh, in between that person and conversion. But because video views are so incredibly cheap, just the arbitrage of the of the people who do happen to watch the video and happening to click, uh, I end up with lower cost per click and lower cost per conversion. And it's incredible. And then same thing on YouTube. And then you look at LinkedIn. If you happen to pull off a video ad, they're a little bit tricky. You kind of have to hack it getting someone to watch is exactly the same cost as if they just clicked on your link. And so who's going to pay six to eight dollars to have someone watch their video? Oh, crazy. It it burns me inside.
0: (laughs) That is crazy. So is this something that you think they'll come up with? They've got to find a solution soon, right? I do think so. They've already released video to
1: to the LinkedIn influencers, which I think is a group of like 250 uh, professional celebrities and what they've done in the past back in 2013 they gave them all the ability to write long-form blog posts and then in 2014 they rolled that out to all of us so now all of us can write long-form blog posts inside of our our profiles so i think we're going to eventually get it but i mean they've got some some makeup to do with facebook twitter and youtube just killing video right now
0: got it got it got it cool Um, i wanted to ask you about driving traffic to blog posts this is something that we see a lot with facebook ads where you drive relatively cheap traffic through to a blog post and then retarget it to try and get the conversion. Is that something you'd recommend with LinkedIn considering how much you'd be paying per click?
1: Uh, No, it's, it's not actually. This is a strategy that works extremely well on Facebook, as you know, for two reasons. Number one, the traffic is so insanely cheap. And number two, mobile devices, especially Apple devices, that uh, that don't carry cookies, you can still be retargeted because Facebook knows who you are. So you can be retargeted inside the Facebook app, whereas from LinkedIn, not only are you going to pay that like probably four to nine dollars when someone clicks initially to send them to a blog post that doesn't really have a call to action, uh, you're going to have a really low a really low conversion rate off of that. And then when you go to retarget them, you know that you're going to lose in your retargeting anyone who's an Apple user. So that's half of your traffic gone right there anyway. So I think just the unit economics doesn't work with that strategy on LinkedIn. I hope in the future traffic, uh, traffic increases so ad costs come down. As of right now, yeah, keep that for for your Facebook and your Twitter. But LinkedIn's probably not
0: the best place for that. Got it. Cool. Um, AJ, I'd really like you to take us through one of your favorite LinkedIn campaigns, maybe. You up for doing that? Yeah, sure. Um, so
1: I didn't check with this company beforehand, so I'm not going to share a name with you. That's um, fine. But... But this is a a company that runs human resources software. And they're targeting companies with, you know, 50 or more employees. So it's like it's mid sized to, you know, all the way up to enterprise. And we ran for about a year with results that were just okay. Like we were generating leads that were pretty comparable to other platforms that they were running on. And then they came out with a piece of content that, and this was not me at all. This was purely like, thank you to the content. They came out with a piece called the definitive guide to onboarding. And that piece just absolutely killed it. I mean, same landing page template as the other offers, but it had a, like 3x the conversion rate. And then wow. down the funnel, like I'm not sure if everyone uses the same terminology here, but from something like a marketing qualified lead to a sales accepted lead, uh, it was like two times the regular rate. And so wow. we just were absolutely killing it. And as you know, on these ad platforms, when you have one ad that is just a standout, not only is the platform going to show it really heavily and saturate that audience, but it's, well, I, I guess that's really it. Like you're going to saturate that audience fast. Yeah. And so we ended up with an issue where, you know, two months in, we just, we had to keep running this because it was so insanely successful, but we'd tired the audience out so much that click-through rates had come down and and uh, cost per conversion started to climb. And so what we had to do is, uh, you know, substitute in some other content and give the definitive guide a rest for two or three months. And then we brought it back in and saw the similar successes for another month or so. So anyway, as a case study, I thought that one was pretty cool
0: because it's, it's highlight on the content, not necessarily on us managing it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what, just, just so I understand the funnel. So the ad was driving people through to a landing page, which was offering them, they had to sign up to get this definitive guide to onboarding. Is that right?
1: yeah, but they did they gave their email address in exchange for it. And so at that point, they would have become like a uh, I, I forget what they call it in their parlance, but but just like an initial download. And then, yeah. They would become in a nurture funnel that would then nurture and someone would reach out to qualify them into like a like a marketing qualified lead and then a salesperson would talk to them a little bit more seriously and and qualify them to become
0: like a sales accepted lead and then it goes
1: down into proposal and then
0: close got it so what was it about the it must have been the headline right Surely is it the the topic that they chose which meant that the landing page was so successful the ad campaign was so successful yeah, I think so. I'm not
1: in HR, so I can't say for certain, but onboarding was a really hot topic at the time and was is also a really big pain point for all these companies when the job market is so hot, especially here in in, uh, in the US. I'm not quite sure how it is in the UK, but job market's so hot. So people would, would come onto a new company and then leave within you know three or four months and that's painful for a company. So I think because of that pain, that's something that that people were just intensely interested in.
0: So the takeaway here is, You've got to find that really, really painful piece and then just get that in front of the right audience and they're going to snap this up. That's killer. I love it. Yeah. And And there are a lot of things that someone like me could help solve with that. Like... Yeah, uh, you know, I've spent
1: millions and millions of dollars on the platform. So I've made a lot of mistakes and can help people avoid it. But really, when it comes down to it, if you have a good piece of content, you can cover up a multitude of other sins.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. You spent millions and millions of dollars on thousands and thousands of clicks, right? <laughs> <That's>,
1: <laughs> I love it. Yep.
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I, I, I love that. AJ, this is, this is absolutely fantastic. Where can people find out more about you? And I'm also going to say, genuinely you are one of the most bright guys like we normally edit these episodes quite a lot but you are so rapid fire and on the ball i don't think we can have to do any editing um where can people find out more about you and also if you're listening to this and you don't fancy spending six or seven dollars a click when you don't really know what you're doing then please get some professional help this is not like facebook ads where you can test with some cheap dirty traffic this is get it wrong and it's going to be painful. So I would definitely get some professional help if you're thinking of doing this. And with that, AJ, where do people go if they want to talk to you further?
1: Well, Sam, thanks so much for the shout out. That means a lot to me. So yeah, to to contact me, I'm on Twitter at Wilcox AJ, and I'm really active there. It's really easy to just reach out and make a connection. The other thing is if you go to my website, b2linked.com, that's the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked.com. If you fill out the form there, um, it's, you're not going to be put into like a a sales process. A sales guy is not going to reach out and and like twist your arm. It's just going to be me responding and I don't pressure anyone. So if you want to have a a conversation with me specifically about LinkedIn ads, uh, that's a great way to do it. And you'll never get pressure.
0: That is fantastic. And if you want a free website review, go to explosioninja.com forward slash review, and you will be put into a sales funnel. (laughs) (laughs) You you won't be pressured because we're English and we don't do that. AJ, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us. This has been absolutely amazing.
1: Hey, thanks, Tim. It's been such a pleasure to be on your show.
0: Love it, love it, love it. Hope you enjoyed the episode, Ninjas and ninjets. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about something which I think might help you with your digital marketing. If you're running your own digital marketing campaigns, if you're in charge of the marketing or you have an in-house team at your company that does it, but you need a bit of help and direction on exactly what you should be spending your time on, we've put together a training platform for you. It's called Marketing You. That's marketing and then the letter U, and you can find it at marketingu.ninja. That's marketing, the letter U, dot ninja. And what Marketing U is all about is it's about showing you exactly how to run all of the different promotion strategies that we do for our clients at Exposure Ninja but obviously because you're doing it yourself the cost of the platform is really really good value. So if you've got an in-house team that you want to send through uh, marketing you and train them on how to become ninjas and do all the digital marketing stuff that we do including SEO, pay-per-click, social media, websites, conversion rate optimization, then check out marketing you. I think it could be of interest. That's marketing you, the letter u.ninja. Anyway, take a look and let me know what you think.